The Federal Reserve sees strong economic growth. Morgan Stanley starts offering Bitcoin. Disney officially announces the opening of their California resorts. And is Unity Software a buy? This is the Running With The Money podcast. Let's get into it. And the markets, well, they started a little flat today, moving to the downside, and now they finish the day after the close up with the Dow Jones up 189 points, NASDAQ up 53, S&P 500 up 11, the Rust 2K up 16, and the VIX all the way down to 19.23, a new 52-week low on the VIX. This is positive stuff, people, when it comes to the volatility index. It broke down through that 20-level support, and it continues to move to the downside, which could imply more upside in the markets if the VIX continues to decline. As I noted, this was a major level that even Tom Lee pointed out when it comes to the overall market um, and where the VIX stands compared to the market. Now, a lot of you are wondering uh, why I was pointing this out on Twitter about the VIX. And here's a little quick rundown on what I said on Twitter. Um, When it comes to the VIX, the VIX is in essence supposed to mirror the overall market. So if the VIX is moving to the upside, then typically the market would be moving to the downside and just the opposite. Um, If the VIX is moving to the downside, typically the market would move to the upside. Now, the VIX is just a measure of the overall volatility throughout the markets, um, but typically that's how the VIX works is it somewhat reverse mirrors the market. Um, And what we have seen lately is that the VIX has kind of been at this inflated level. Typically it was not over, um, you know, that 20 level. Uh, That wasn't normal. It hasn't been normal. If you look at an all-time chart, pre-COVID-19, the VIX was bouncing right around 10 to 15, um, and then it accelerated and inflated over 20, and then in the March crash, the COVID-19 crash, it went all the way up to all-time highs, um, way over 70, uh, you know, so overall, the VIX is definitely something that you want to pay attention to. It is a major indicator when it comes to measuring the volatility of the entire market. Um, and it's typically a good sign if the VIX is doing just the opposite of what the market is doing. And that is what we're starting to get. We're not starting to get that odd action where the market goes up and the VIX stays inflated. That's never really been an amazing sign. And now we're starting to see this VIX go down while the market accelerates to the upside. And that's exactly what you want to see. So potential upside, um, you know, that 20 level is a big time level, at least in the past year. Um, So a lot of investors could see that as a risk on type of move. um, And it could influence more people to put money into the market. We'll just have to wait and see. But I just wanted to get that out of the way. And it is important to note that, you know, it doesn't have to, market doesn't have to follow those rules. The market can go up while the VIX is going up. But typically, um, in general, uh, it follows a pattern of a reverse mirror market. Um, So that's kind of what I'm seeing there. Now we want to get into the Fed. What's going on with the Fed? And it comes down to, well, the Fed impressed the market today. A lot of people were thinking uh, they'd, you know, warn even further about inflation. I was one of those people. Um, I was thinking, you know, we might get some negative inflation news here, but we didn't really get um, as much as what we thought. In fact, uh, taking a look at what the Federal Reserve said, they said Wednesday that they decided to keep rates near zero. The market loved that and noted that there will likely be no interest rate hikes through 2023. Now, not only that, 
that, but the Fed also sees a 6.5% increase in GDP um, throughout 2021 and does not see inflation as a major risk, but believes it will increase to 2.2% at some point this year. But then after we'll start to decline once again, we'll see if that actually happens. I tend to believe that inflation is going to become a major issue throughout the next few years, especially as government spending is ramped up. Um, and, you know, especially if Democrats pass even another stimulus, which there's chatter of, of $4 trillion, which is insane. We don't need that. Um, but we'll see what happens. Now, it is important to note that out of the 18 FOMC members, uh, four of them now see rate hikes in the future compared to just one at the previous Fed meeting. So the majority of people still at the Fed believe, you know, there's no reason for interest rate hikes, but there is a possibility in the future, at least now given that the majority of people um, is starting to rise who believe there should be. So it went from one to four. That's a quadruple in the amount of board members that believes, you know, uh, we should see interest rate hikes in the near future. Um, but the majority still do not believe interest rate hikes are needed. I don't believe they are needed. Um, and we need to keep those as low and as long as we can to the downside. Um, when it comes to economic growth, people love it. Um, and that's what we want to see. It allows companies to expand much quicker and it honestly um, is one of what has been one of the big polls under President Trump of getting people into the United States, getting more companies into the United States. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there in the future, but positive stuff out of the Fed. Now, when it comes to Morgan Stanley, we have to talk about this in cryptocurrencies. Morgan Stanley started offering Bitcoin funds to wealthy clients um, and has become the first bank to offer Bitcoin fund access to customers. Now, this is at the moment only for wealthy customers, but according to an internal memo, Morgan Stanley is allowing access to three funds, two of which are offered by Galaxy Digital, and the other is offered from FS Investments. So very interesting stuff there. A big bank allowing big customers to get in on Bitcoin. That's definitely bullish for the um, acceptance of Bitcoin into the economy as a currency. Um, I really don't believe it'll become a currency. I believe it'll become more of a gold, um, something that you hold that is a mainstay for value. I don't really believe, you know, we'll be buying a McDonald's cheeseburger with Bitcoin coin uh, anytime soon. If ever, that's just my personal opinion. I think it's more of a digital gold, but it's very cool to see this acceptance by Morgan Stanley. Um, and it's very interesting and very bullish for Bitcoin that we're seeing this type of acceptance from a bank. And this could be the start of all the banks doing the same thing. Now, Disney officially announced the opening dates for Disneyland parks in California. This is a positive catalyst for Disney stock. Disney has been on our radar. It's one of my holdings um, and we have had it. We've talked about it a lot and you know, man, huge upside potential in the stock. It's gone from 121 just a few months ago, all the way up to 195 right now. Absolutely love it. Disney CEO Bob Chapek announced both California parks will reopen on April 30th. He noted, quote, I think as people become vaccinated, they become a little bit more confident in the fact that they can travel and, you know, stay COVID free. And that was on a CNBC interview. So solid stuff coming out of Disney. Um, props to CNBC for getting that exact date out of him uh, in the interview. Now we have to shift into the biggest analyst calls of the day. And we got a whole bunch of analyst calls per usual, but there's a few interesting ones. Now, true initiated Virgin Galactic as a buy, and they actually noted that a few space names are a buy. Um, I personally am not a huge fan of Virgin Galactic. I, I like to buy companies that are turning out consistent revenue growth and are actually making money. Um, Virgin Galactic is not yet, I do not believe, making money. 
But at the end of the day, if you're bullish on the long-term theory of space travel, um, you know, Virgin Galactic is definitely one of those names you want to be in. I'm more watching and waiting for SpaceX or Starlink to IPO, and then I'm going to hop in on that um, versus putting money in the Virgin Galactic. But I found that interesting, maybe something to look into for you people interested in the long-term space race. Now, one I did really like today was Baird added Amazon to the fresh picks list. I love it. Amazon is undervalued here. If you take a look at at the stock price, it's been flat for months. It's been flat for six, seven months. It's currently at 3135 It's a buy anywhere under 3200 in my opinion, 100%. It was a freaking steal a few weeks ago under 3000 but it's still a buy here at 3134 My end-of-year price target on this name is well above 3500 Um, 3500 is my minimum, and that's the previous high just around. This previous high was 3531 I think it can easily take out 3500 by the end of 2021, if not much better than that. Now, Deutsche Bank uh, upgraded McDonald's to a buy from a hold. I 100% agree with this. I don't think fast food is going anywhere. Um, I Honestly, McDonald's runs the space, and then you have Wendy's right behind them. It's an excellent, uh, you know, fast food chain. They hold have huge real estate holdings. Excellent company there in McDonald's. I, I think they're just going to continue to see steady growth per usual. I definitely think there could still be upside potential in that name, especially as everyone reopens. Travel starts to become more prominent, and if people are traveling on the highways, going on road trips, there's going to be a lot more people stopping at fast food chains, and McDonald's is one of them. Now, Goldman Sachs reiterated monster constellation brands and boston beer as a buy i love it why do i like this well personally i've been bullish for quite a while on the beverage space um i have not personally gotten into the sector but i have been bullish on it and i've taken a hard look almost gotten in on a few of these names but monster constellation brands and boston beer are all solid companies i like this i think monster energy is definitely one you check out i say that brand growing exponentially throughout the next say 10 years so i absolutely love it and then the last call that I won the note was an oil call. Evercore ISI raised its price target on Chevron, the 130 from 98. As I said, Chevron is one of my favorite oil names. I think it's probably the best way to play oil unless you go to an oil ETF. Um, but personally, I do like Chevron over the Exxon and a few other names in the oil market. Um, you take a look, 130 to 98. If I take a look currently at Chevron, uh, you can see that it is oil has been pulling back lately a little. It's currently a 108. Eight. Yeah, it's off its highs of 111. Oil's pulled back a little in the past few days, but not much at all. Um, personally, I think Chevron's the best way to play oil, but I think oil might have made its run to the highs already. Um, I mean, it's so far, you know, up there. I mean, absolutely. If you take a look in the past one, two, three, four, five months here, Chevron has gone from 66 to 108. So how much more upside is there before you get a major 10 to 20% correction pullback in the stock? I'm not sure. Um, but I do think demand for oil as it increases, the prices of oil are going to go up. Um, and typically, uh, if you have a high inflationary environment or an environment in which you have economic growth and inflation on top of each other, you're probably going to see oil go up a little. Um, so that could bode well for Chevron. Now, shifting in to the individual breakdown of Unity Software. Now, a lot of you have been asking about Unity Software, and I even talked about Unity Software because this stock had gotten so far sold off of its highs, it was absolutely insane. If you take a look at the stock, 
you can see that his high was $174 uh, per share. And it's currently at, if you take a look at the stock price, right around 108 In fact, today it finished, it closed at $108.98 um, per share. Now, it is in a market cap of just around $30 billion. It's a solid company. Um, so we're going to dig into it and see what it's all about. So Unity Software, ticker sign U, is a major software company that offers a variety of solutions for 3D content creation and monetization across mobile devices, consoles, and PCs. Now, in recent news, Unity announced the acquisition of Visualine, an augmented reality construction platform. Now, the acquisition, according to management, is expected to streamline Unity's services, making processes more efficient. The acquisition will also expand the company's growth in the AEC industry and allows customers to easily increase cost savings, all of which is positive for Unity as a company. You'd want to see this in any company, so solid stuff right off the bat when it comes to Unity Software. Now, on uh, based on this acquisition, management commented and said, quote, this will fundamentally change how design reviews, construction planning, field inspections, and facilities management are constructed. Management noted um, when the deal was released to the public. Now, the financial details of this deal, unfortunately, were not released um, to us, so I can't bring, you know, what was the value of the deal, but all of that making the company more efficient, cost savings, um, and not only that, but expanding the growth in the ANC, AEC and industry. I love all three of those things, all net positives for Unity. Now, as I said, after the IPO, Unity was pretty much straight up. It was in that huge IPO, I almost say bubble, where IPOs were going way over their initial price. Um, and this thing ran all the way, if you take a look, from right around the mid-60s all the way up to 172 bucks in the matter of like a month and a half, two months. Um, and then it's quickly fallen off those highs as the NASDAQ has sold off, giving investors possibly a solid opportunity to get in here. So taking a look, at the numbers. Unity beat Q4 2020 expectations with an EPS of negative 10 cents. Now that is better than the expected EPS of negative 14 cents. Unfortunately, um, on a quarter over quarter basis, EPS did decline even more from the negative 9 cent EPS in the previous quarter, the Q3 quarter. Um, so overall, EPS is not terrible. Definitely beating expectations still was expected to be a negative EPS, but that can be improved in the many years to come. Now revenues, on the other hand, impressed, jumping a strong 39% to $220.3 million, much better than the Q4 2019 revenues level of $158.071 million. Love it. Very strong revenue growth out of Unity. Now, as for profits, gross profit increased significantly as well, increasing by $39.753 million to $167.829 million in gross profit. Um, and that's much better than the previous quarter of Q4 2019, which was $128.076 million. So my, oh my, um, big increases in revenue and gross profit. Now, if you look at their customers, their customer uh, growth was also solid. They reported that 793 customers throughout the quarter generated over $100,000 in revenue each. Um, and that is much more than the 600 just a year ago. So they added 193 customers that are producing over $100,000 in revenue um, uh, throughout the quarter. So solid stuff there um, on a year-over-year basis. Now, while numbers were solid, Unity reported a loss from operations of $80.8 million, And that loss is much worse than the Q4 2019 loss of 48.6 million bucks. So I don't like it. But what I have noticed, and you often start to see in these companies, is that these startup companies, these newer companies to the market, they're trying to grow as fast as they possibly can. Um, and when they're growing as fast as they can, when they're scaling as fast as they are, you might see occasionally a loss accelerate 
accelerate before it deaccelerates. Um, so I'm not extremely worried about this given the revenue growth, profit growth, um, and the path towards profitability. Now, rounding out the quarter, the dollar-based net expansion rate improved throughout Q4 to 138 from 133%. Um, so I definitely love to see that. When it comes to the overall quarter, management noted, quote, Unity achieved record fourth quarter and full year 2020 revenues in an unprecedented and fast-changing technological and economic environment, CEO John Ricitello said. So solid stuff there throughout the earnings. Now, they didn't stop with just the Q4 earnings, but they also gave us Excellent. I would say excellent. Solid, solid um, guidance for the future. Leadership also delivered strong guidance, expecting Q1 2021 revenues to total $210.220 million, and that's roughly 26 to 32% revenue growth throughout the first quarter. Now, full year guidance is also bullish, with management expecting full year 2021 revenues to total $950 to $970 million, and that's roughly 23 to 26% growth in revenue throughout the full year. So definitely solid, strong revenue growth out of unity um, when it comes to the future and the past. Now, shifting into the balance sheet, this was a phenomenal balance sheet with a total debt of nothing, no debt, um, total liabilities of $634 million. Now, that may sound like a lot until you get to the assets of $2.671 billion and the cash and short-term investments of $1.752 billion. So their cash short-term investments and their assets far outweigh their liabilities and debt. And that's exactly what I want to see. Now on a valuation basis, Unity, it does trade at a premium. It trades at a price to sales of 39.46 times. It trades at a price to book of 14.73 times. But look at the broader market. If you take a look at a price to sales chart on the entire market right now, um, honestly, uh, compared to the rest of the market, it's not bad because the whole rest of the market is inflated as well. If I look at the whole entire technology sector, this price to sales of 39.46, six times is in an average of the rest of the major technology names. So honestly, um, comparing it to a bunch of other price to sales and comparing it to a bunch of other price to books, um, the valuation is just as inflated as every other name in the tech sector. So I wouldn't be necessarily weighing um, when it comes to valuation here uh, a lot on valuation when it comes to making my decision because the market has seemed to forget about valuation at this point, which is dangerous, but that's how the market psychology is currently working. It's not as worried about valuation, but more about future growth and current growth. Um, so I would definitely be targeting Unity as a buy due to its strong financials, its strong balance sheet, and its strong growth on earnings, um, both of which I really like. Now, given the numbers, the analysts are bullish uh, with a mean price target of 149 bucks a share. That's roughly a 36% upside. The high price target is 176 and the lows 126. Uh, so uh, on the upside, you could potentially, according to the analysts, gain 60%. And on the low side, 15%. Uh, so not bad there. Now, the big money is quite involved in this, and they got involved quite quickly. Um, they own 73.07% of the uh, Unity software, the company. Um, and then the top holders include Sequoia Capital Partners, Silver Lake Partners, and Resolute uh, Capital Partners uh, or Partners Group, whatever you want to call them. So solid, uh, definitely solid institutions have ownership in Unity software. I like to see that. So overall, what do I think about Unity Software? Well, Unity Software is a solid company, has expanding revenues, a growing industry, and a solid balance sheet. And those are three things that I really love to see in a company when I'm trying to decide whether to invest for the long term or not. I definitely do think that the 3D creation amongst mobile, amongst desktop, amongst uh, council is only going to grow as games 
I would say grow uh, as video games, as architecture design, as pretty much everything related to digital becomes more and more and more 3D realistic in a digital manner. So I definitely do see a lot of growth in the future for Unity Software. I think it's definitely one to check out for the long term. If you want to see the breakdown along with the charts and everything and the trends of revenue growth um, and the technical breakdown, go to runningwiththemoney.com under our analysis section. You can see all the breakdowns, including the Unity breakdown, which just uh, released yesterday. Now, taking a look at the overall market, what is going on today? Let's get into the watch list. Um, I see a Microsoft and an Apple down. I see a Walmart down, a Target down, a Home Depot down, a Procter & Gamble down, a Google down. All those companies, fantastic companies, buying opportunities, especially the FANG stocks. I noted today on Twitter, I said, and I posted the charts even, I said, guys, every FANG stock besides Google has been flat for six, seven months. Definitely a solid buy opportunity here. And they have all pulled back mostly to the 200-day moving averages. So to me, this is a solid opportunity to buy the FANG stocks. Definitely ones to take a look at. Now, if we take a look at, say, the financials here, I see the banks, where are they trading at? Well, the banks are all green today. My favorite bank, Wells Fargo, making another 52-week high of the day. Um, but I still think it has plenty of upside. If you take a look at a Wells Fargo chart, a WFC chart, that's the ticker symbol. Well, we can see is that, yeah, it's at a 52 week high of the day. If you go to the all-time chart, uh, there's still plenty of upside. It was just a few years ago before they ran into a bunch of uh, issues, scandals. Um, so I would say 2017, 2018, they were trading at 60 bucks a share. They're at 39 right now. I think this stock can at least get up to its bottom range right around 44, 45 bucks a share. Um, uh, it's upside bottom range or its previous support that it then broke down through. So that's definitely a level I'm looking for. I think it can get there. Um, that's another six points-ish. Um, to the upside. I definitely think we can see that in Wells Fargo. So if you get a pullback in Wells Fargo, if we get a pullback in the financials within the next few weeks, definitely Wells Fargo one to take a look at. But the best in show, my favorite banks on planet Earth, JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs. Um, I'd personally buy Goldman Sachs over JP Morgan right now. Um, I see more growth in Goldman Sachs, but JP Morgan is just a fantastic bank as well. Now, taking a look at the digital financials, PayPal, Square, MasterCard, Visa, all of those companies I like, MasterCard and Visa down, PayPal and Square up. I personally think think that Square and PayPal, they're both fantastic companies. If you take a look at Square's chart, um, what we can see is that it's still, it's at 246. It's still way off its highs. If you take a look at the charts, um, it previously hide out at 276. Um, I think there definitely is more upside in Square currently at 246. If this pulls back, say if we get a red day in this, a 5% down red day, definitely pick some up. Um, the same goes for PayPal. Now, uh, what opportunities am I seeing today? Abavi. So I'm looking at Abavi right now. It is down like crazy. I mean, I don't know why. Down 5.8%. I haven't, I, I haven't looked in to this stock much today, um, but this could be a solid buy here. Abavi, just looking at my watch list, down currently 5.23%. Um, a big time sell-off. It seems to be falling down into a support right around 103, 102. Um, in the stock, could be a solid buying opportunity there. Definitely one to check out. Um, Salesforce down again today. I don't understand this. Buy Salesforce. Fantastic company. That, uh, that uh, slash acquisition is going to be fantastic. Uh, Salesforce and I firmly believe in management. Um, so I do believe this stock moves to the upside. It's still all the way down at a support right around 210. Um, so I definitely do think that this stock is a buy here. 
I might even get in on this myself. I'll let you know on Twitter if I do. Now, I'm taking a look also at the uh, streaming names. I love the streaming names. I think there are ones to pay attention to. I think if you position yourself correctly in the streaming industry, you could see huge potential upside in the future. Disney and Netflix both slightly green today. If those pull back, say, 5% within the next few weeks, pick them up. Um, You never know. We could get a lot more upside in them. I think on the long term, you're obviously going to have a lot more upside, but you could even get a lot more upside in the short term uh, depending on the environment we see in the future. Today, to me, a lot of tech got a bounce, especially the semiconductors. Taiwan Semi still down today, but AMD, Qualcomm, and not only that, but Marvel Technologies all getting a bounce today, but Taiwan Semi is also down. I take a look at TSM. We've been talking about it for a while. Taiwan Semi is huge. They have a huge part of the semiconductor space. Currently at 118, their high was 140, a solid buy here, personally, in my opinion. Plus, they have a dividend. They have a solid dividend, actually, of 44 cents. So not bad stuff there. A semiconductor that pays you to hold it. I love it. Um, so that is going to be the watch list today. Plenty of opportunities in the market. I posted a few more um, market opportunities on my Twitter at Luke Donay. So go follow me there. Um, plenty of content there. Much more commentary on the markets uh, all day long, all night long, usually as well. But thank you for listening to the Running With The Money podcast. We'll be back Friday to talk even more about the markets, what's going on, the latest headlines, and why they are important. Thank you all for listening. Uh, in the meantime, eat, sleep, profit, trade on, and I'll see you then.